Girlfriends, episode number 149, Setting Boundaries with Family Over the Holidays. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about an important thing, setting boundaries with your family, especially with the upcoming holidays. I can't wait to get started on this topic. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. You know I always love to connect with you. A big shout out to anybody who's a first-time listener. We have new listeners every week. The Girlfriends community is growing, and I'm thrilled about that. So I just want to say welcome to anyone who's listening for the first time or one of the first few times. We're thrilled that you're joining our community here. I do share from a Catholic perspective. That's an important part of what colors everything I do. But really what we connect about here at Girlfriends is just the everyday stuff we women truly care about. Our faith, our family, our work, our relationships, our health. All of those things are truly important. And I love being able to share about them here on the podcast. And this week is no different. This week, we are talking about setting boundaries with family over the holidays. Now, I don't care who you are. There's probably some level of this going on in your life that you need to deal with. It's just part of life. You know, we all have different expectations, different perspectives that we bring to the table. And when you get married, you throw in a whole other family in the mix and there is room for conflict, room for people to challenge your beliefs, challenge your decisions as a family. And these things have a way of just coming to a head at the Thanksgiving table, at Christmas time, when there are all these different social expectations, especially inside of families. So I thought we would talk about that going into the holiday season here. We're coming on Thanksgiving. One of my favorite holidays truly is Thanksgiving. And I am excited for this year, even though part of me is a little bit sad because not all my kids are going to be home. This is going to be the first Thanksgiving. I'm trying not to dwell on this. The first Thanksgiving where not all the Bean kids are home. And um, my kids have places to go, the ones who are away at school, and they're going to be fine. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to be fine. <laughs> but I am looking forward to it because I love Thanksgiving. I love preparing the meal. I love making the pies. I love the tradition of it. I love the simplicity of it. Just getting together and celebrating food and family and all of our blessings. Just an opportunity to just really intentionally spend some time being grateful. But this topic has come up about setting boundaries with your family because there was one contributor, actually a couple, over at our uh, Facebook group for the Girlfriends Podcast. If you're not there, go to facebook.com slash group slash Girlfriends Podcast. Join us. It's a private group that we have going on Facebook. Anyway, this topic came up with one contributor there who just said, can you talk about boundaries? And I can't even remember the specifics of what she was dealing with with extended family. But I bet she's going to be dealing with it over the holiday season. And, you know, in big ways and in small ways, we all do deal with people overstepping their boundaries, sometimes especially inside of our family relationships where people feel like because we share DNA or because we married their son or whatever it is, we owe them explanations and we owe them matching up our opinions and our decisions with their own. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about how difficult that can be. And let's get prepared for the coming weeks to handle setting boundaries in a grown-up way, 
in a mature way, in a loving way, because ultimately boundaries are about having good relationships. If you have somebody who is overstepping their boundaries inside of your relationship, you don't have a good relationship with them. You resent them. You get angry with them. You get frustrated with them. So let's begin. Um, I just have a few. Oh, let me see how many I have here. Just like six different ideas for ways that um, we should think about boundaries and ways that we can set boundaries and things that might be helpful to us. And the first one is, first of all, know what your boundaries are. Be clear about it. You might be like, oh, I have this terrible relationship with my mother-in-law. She's so pushy and demanding. And, um, you know, this is the typical relationship, right, that goes this way. Um, Or it might be your own mom or it might be a sister or it might be, you know, your aunt or whatever it is. Um, But be clear about what you're talking about. Talking in general general ideas about who you think is pushy or who you think is overstepping boundaries in a very general way, not helpful. Be super specific about it. Um, You know, one that I hear about a lot is people that get criticized for having a large family. For sure, that happens in Catholic circles. Um, Another one that I hear is about homeschooling versus not homeschooling, private school versus public school, decisions you might make with your kids about immunizations, Um, all of these things that are kind of discretionary items as parents uh, sometimes feel like they're open for conversation. So be specific about what it is that, you know, is making you think about boundaries, is making you feel like somebody is not respecting your boundaries? Is it something that your your father in, father-in-law or your own dad talks about how much money you make? Um, is that is that overstepping boundaries? What is it that's making you uncomfortable? And be super specific about it and clear. And this isn't this isn't something you're going to do right in front of the other person in the midst of a conflict. This is something you do before that happens, before you get in that situation. You need to be clear about what your boundaries are and be very comfortable with them yourself and their reasonableness. So what are those triggers? Um, you know, you need to be thinking clearly about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable to you and be reasonable about it. You know, and when it comes to stating boundaries, it's important to be clear with other people, but it's also important to be a little bit flexible in our own minds about them, not in the middle of the conversation, not once you've decided something is a boundary for you, but before that, think to yourself in a flexible way. Think, is this really a boundary or am I trying to be 100% in control of this relationship? I think that's an important question to ask ourselves. Or is it that I can't handle not always getting my own way? You know, um, sometimes this, the sometimes part of the problem is us. Okay, so I just want to encourage you as you're thinking about this beforehand to be open-minded about it. Think about what your boundaries truly are, and are they reasonable limits? And then be clear about what they are. Like I will not talk about my sex life with my sister. <laughs> okay, there's a clear and reasonable boundary. Um, you know, decide what those are, and are you willing to compromise in any way? Is this something, um, you know, that's not a moral issue for you and it's really about where you celebrate Christmas or, or whatever it is? Can you meet in the middle somehow? Are you willing to do that? Is it reasonable for you to be expected to do that? Um, maybe it's that your, your in-laws really want to be a part of your family and they're expecting you to call every night. Or what are you willing to do? What's reasonable in your mind? And be super clear about that before you find yourself in a tense conversation about these things. You know, going into the holiday season is a great time to kind of reassess. Think about times in the past where you've experienced conflict with the people you're going to be spending time with in the coming weeks and be clear about what your boundaries are with regard to those topics and be ready to talk about them. So that brings us to our next one, which is be direct. 
once you've clarified what your boundaries are, what you will and will not do, um, you have to be clear about them with people. Just say it. You need to just say it. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I should be able to just hint at it because we would pick up the hint, right? Or uh, everybody knows that's an offensive question to ask. Well, apparently that person doesn't know. So be direct about it. Be clear and be direct about what you are saying, what you will and will not do. Um, like say it's something like a, a sister or a sister-in-law who challenges all of your parenting decisions, maybe including, you know, how you school your children and their health care and um, how you discipline them and whatever. And you you just aren't going to discuss that with that person. That's a very reasonable boundary to set if that person is, you know, always aggressively challenging you on things that are truly none of their business. Um, just be direct about it and say, oh, I'm just not comfortable discussing that with you. Big smile on your face and repeat <laughs> and repeat and repeat. Sometimes you really do have to do that. And I think um, this is part of being a grown up that sometimes we try to avoid and it leads to greater conflict because we're squirmy. We're squirmy in our relationships and we all have different temperaments and some of us are more passive than others. Some of us are people pleasers and we just want everybody to be happy and we don't want to stand there with a big grin on our face saying, I won't talk about that with you. Um, you know, and you can be super pleasant about it, but you don't owe people an explanation. That was a huge thing for me um, that my husband has taught me over the years is that you don't owe everybody an explanation. And we talked about this when we we have talked in the past about different kinds of setting boundaries, how to say no nicely, that you don't have to explain it. You can just say, this is the decision we have made. I'm not willing to talk about that with you. I'm not comfortable talking about that with you. Or this is what we've decided is best for our family. I like that one because there's no judgment in it. You know, if it's something that somebody does differently than you, sometimes that's why they're challenging because you're making them feel insecure because you're making different decisions, which is an implied they're doing it wrong, right? Um, so just be clear about, you know, this is what we've decided is best for us. Big smile on your face and keep repeating. Make them be the jerk and you just be the pleasant, smiling person who's ready to talk about something else in a pleasant way. Um, you know, and I think too often we take these things personally when really it's um, for sure there can be a conflict of opinions there, different opinions, different values. But then on top of it is sometimes just communication style. What feels overly aggressive to somebody is, you know, somebody else's idea of just asking questions and they feel like engaging in an argument is um, a, a fun way to learn more about what other people think. And it could work with some people. But if it's feeling like an attack to you, you, you just need to be direct and clear about that. You know, I recently heard from a friend who was dealing with this kind of boundary setting with her own kids who are grown. And um, she was feeling challenged by them coming home and making all kinds of value judgments about the way they were raised. And I remember counseling this friend saying, you know what, they probably have no idea that's how you're responding to that. They're young adults. They're feeling out what their values are and how they're going to handle the world, how they're going to raise their families, and talking out loud about the ways in which that's different from what you did. Um, they don't mean to be passing judgment, was my guess. And sometimes people don't mean to be rude, and they don't mean to be pushy, and they don't mean to be offensive. For sure. Sometimes they do. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, the big smile on your face and the being direct and clear and just repeating the same thing over and over again until they get uncomfortable. Um, that's the proper response to either situation. Just being clear that 
I'm not comfortable with that. Or um, that feels overly aggressive. You know, I think you can say things like that that aren't an attack on the other person, that aren't you taking something way too personally, because that's really um, that's really the danger there, right? We teach other people how to treat us. That's just a fact. And it's something that I need to pause and think about a lot. And my husband, as I've said, is a great help to me in this because <laughs> a lot of those social pressures that I feel inside of relationships, inside of even friendships, um, those pressures that I feel, he doesn't feel them at all. <laughs> it's, it's amazing sometimes. The things that he's like, uh, no, that's not our responsibility. And it's true. It's 100% true. But I'm feeling pressured to do something by, you know, some outside person who's asking something of me. And, you know, we we all have different temperaments. We all have different personalities. So we're going to respond to outside expectations in different ways. But recognize that you are teaching other people how to treat you. If you are always going to be the person who kind of just goes and and, and takes whatever your um your mom is is dishing out at the moment or your brother or whoever's being obnoxious at the table, um, then that's that's normal. They're not even going to think twice about doing it. But if you are the person that stands up to that and says, you know what, I'm not going to talk about that. You know what, let's talk about a different topic. Um, you know what, that's our business and we've made this decision and we're happy with our decision and it's what's best for our family and moving on to the next thing. If you become that person, you are teaching them to respect your boundaries. You're teaching them not only what they are, but that you're a grown up about them and that you are going to enforce those boundaries. So being direct about it. And then it's important too, once you're direct about what your boundaries are, don't cave on it. Like say, um, there's some crazy, you know, event that your your mother-in-law always wants the whole family to go to some, you know, I don't know. I'm just making something up thinking about the holidays, some big nutcracker um, show. And it's too much for you and it's too much for your kids. And it was a nice tradition once upon a time, but now it's just too much. And she's still demanding this of you. Be clear about the fact that this is this is not a good choice for us. We're not going to be doing that this year, but here's what we will do. And then don't cave on it. Once you set that boundary, don't let people cross it. Don't say, I'm not comfortable discussing that with you, and then begin to discuss it with that person. Okay? So set your boundaries and then follow through on it. Be direct about them, be clear about them. And then only it's only fair if you're gonna follow through on what you say your boundaries are. It's grown-up time. <laughs> I know the temptation all too well to kind of slip into defensive mode or just please them this one time or whatever it is. But if you've decided this is an important thing for you, then follow through on it. Be grown-up and follow through on what you've said your values are, what you've said your boundaries are, what you've said you're willing and not willing to do, willing and not willing to discuss with people. And, you know, because you'll be teaching them if you do slip up and you don't follow through or you do it just that one time, you're teaching them you don't really mean it. You're, you're teaching them, oh, I just need to push a little bit and I'll get my way. So be firm about it. Once you've decided, like I said, in, on your own before this, you're going to decide what's reasonable and fair. And then once you've decided that, follow through. Even though it's uncomfortable, just sit there in that silence. I remember I did this one time with a pretty pushy person who doesn't even mean to be a pushy person in my life, but just has this way of like walking through life. You know, she's a boss. Like she just tells people what to do. And I was just jumping at every single thing she was telling me to do. And it was only through Dan's counsel that I was able to eventually say no to this person. And I did it over the phone 
And I just sat there in that, if you're like me, you know, it's a horrible silence. Like, oh, I'm just, uh, that's not going to work for me. And then silence, 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 silence. And you're so tempted to fill that silence with an explanation or I'm sure I'll do it next time or whatever it is. No, just sit there in that silence and you are teaching that person how they're allowed to treat you. You are teaching that person what your limits are, what you will do, what you won't do, what you'll talk about and what you won't. Okay, so that said, I've already talked about Dan being my support in this in so many ways. And you know what? We're, we are blessed that we don't have huge family conflicts in his family or mine. Um, we're, we're really blessed in that way. But, you know, these even in small ways can, can come up and be challenging. So um, my next point is when you're setting boundaries, seek support. A lot of times your husband is going to be that source of support, especially if your conflict is with his family. If your conflict's with his family, you know, he can be the person that initiates the talking about what the boundaries are. And, um, you know, this might work in a way that, you know, he might tell his family where, you know, this is what we've decided about how we're raising our family and that's not open for discussion. This is what's best for us and we're not, we're not comfortable discussing it any further. Or just, you know, we understand that you disagree. This is what we've chosen. This is what we're doing. And we're not going to talk about it anymore. If he's able to communicate that to his family at the at the start of, say, Thanksgiving or um, a Christmas gathering of any kind, then you have that to fall back on. You can just say, oh, you know what? Joe mentioned earlier that we weren't going to be talking about that. Easy, right? Makes it easy. Or maybe your support person will be a sibling if you're dealing with a difficult parent. Your support can be a sibling that you talk with beforehand and say, you know what? I don't like it when dad gets drinking and he just gets a little too loose with his comments about whatever, you know, whatever it is that makes you uncomfortable about your appearance or about, you know, people cross boundaries all the time in crazy inappropriate ways. I don't have to tell you this. So seek out that support ahead of time. Talk about it with somebody who's going to be there for you and you'll be there for them and kind of be a backup system. Sometimes you can gain a lot of courage just knowing you're not the only person that's going to um, be dealing with this. And like I said, oftentimes your husband can be the person who takes the lead and just be that gift to you of something that you can fall back on and just be like, you know what? As he told you, we're not going to be talking about that today. Okay, my next point is when you do set boundaries with family, when you do kind of lay down the law and lay out what your expectations are and what you do not expect, here's what you can expect, some pushback. They're going to push back. People might become angry. There might be some hard feelings. Um, but be prepared for that. Be mentally and emotionally and spiritually prepared for the pushback and for sometimes just anger. You might run into some people who are angry um, because you're changing things. People don't like that. This is how we've always done things sometimes. Or um, this is our expectations for this relationship. I should be allowed to talk to you about this. And these are my grandchildren or whatever it is. There's sometimes a lot of emotionalism behind these things that we have conflict about. Um, but just remember this, and this is important. When somebody else gets angry, especially in a situation like this where you have thought it through beforehand and decided this is an important and reasonable boundary that I'm going to set and I'm going to be clear and I'm going to be fair about it with this other person. If they get angry in the face of that, that doesn't mean you have to do anything. Sometimes we see other people's anger or other people's emotions as a trigger like, 
oh, I have to do something. I have to respond. I have to change something. I have to, um, you know, make them feel better in some way. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't owe them that. You owe them love and kindness in your interactions with them. But if they are becoming angry in a way that is unreasonable, in a way that's unfair, in a way that is trying to push you to act in the way they want you to, it's not fair and it's not reasonable and you don't owe them anything for that, right? Be loving and be kind and be fair in your dealings with other people, but you don't have to leap into action and fix their anger. They might just be angry for a little while. And that's hard. I know it's hard because, as I said, I have that people-pleasing personality myself. And it can be so hard to just let someone else be angry about something that you've decided, especially if it's your own parents. Oh, my gosh. You know, we're just wired to want to please them. And um, so that's difficult. It's difficult to find yourself in that place. But just know it ahead of time that you might be dealing with some anger. You might be dealing with some negative emotions and they might vent to you in ways that are not fair or appropriate, but you do not have to respond. You don't owe them a response. You don't have to fix how they're feeling. You don't have to change anything you're doing. Sometimes it's just going to be uncomfortable for a little while. They're going to be those kinds of angry feelings. But remember, you're rejecting a behavior. You're not rejecting a person right? This person is in your life. Um, If you've decided, you know, even if it's not a family member, this is somebody who is in your life and you want them in your life, then um, you're not rejecting them. You're rejecting what they're doing or what they're saying. You're rejecting their behavior, not that person. So you can be clear about that with them. Be clear about the fact that you love them and you respect them and you want to have a good relationship with them and that you're setting this boundary not only for your own mental health, but for the good of everybody, for the good of your relationship, because it's actually not good if you're walking around resentful of that person, even if they feel great because they feel like they're pushing you around or they're getting their own way or whatever it is, that whatever boundary it is that they're crossing, that it's not good for your relationship with them to have that going on. So you can be clear about that with them. But you don't owe them fixing their anger, fixing their issues. And really, in the end, what you are doing is affirming your own right to be happy, your own right to make your own choices, your own right to your own space, to how you're going to decide to spend the holidays as a family or whatever the issue is that's conflict. You know, you're affirming your right to do that. And you absolutely have the right to do that. So Um, expect some of that negative feedback, expect that pushback, be prepared for it and be prepared for your own impetus that you're going to feel maybe to leap in and fix it. And, you know, be prepared to just squelch that, wait it out, teach them how to treat you, teach them that it's not okay. So hard to do sometimes. I know, I know. Okay. So the next one that I just want to mention is um, be cautious about what you share with people. Sometimes we have trouble when we feel like people are overstepping their boundaries, but it's our own fault because we shared with them what we're doing, (laughs) whether it was through social media um, or just through conversation at the dinner table. Just be cautious about what things that you're willing and not willing to share. Be clear about what those things are. Sometimes it is like on social media, maybe you're friends with, um, you know, a distant family member on social media, and so they know all of your business. Well, maybe rethink what you're sharing in that way. Maybe rethink whether or not you want to be friends with them on social media. You don't owe them that. 
Although I completely understand. Maybe you don't want to go around blocking and unfriending all your family members. That would be <laughs> that would be a great way to go into the holidays, right? Block and unfriend everybody on everything and then go into the holidays and uh, take their reactions in person. Uh, no, probably don't do that. But you can choose what you share. And, and so perhaps um, you're sharing on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're sharing, um, you know, different things that are rife for conflict, whether it's your schooling choices or the, something about the way you're parenting or something about the way you're raising your kids in the faith or how how you and your husband have decided to determine your family size or whatever issue it could possibly be, then maybe be careful about um, what you're sharing on, on those different forms of media. Or, you know, this is a little more complicated and a little bit requires a little bit more thinking. You know, you can restrict posts um, to, you know, just certain people, or you can exclude certain people from certain posts. So if you really want to discuss some homeschooling thing and you know your great aunt B is your friend on Facebook and she's not going to approve or whatever it is, you know, go ahead and block her from that one post. She will never know and it doesn't matter. Um, But, you know, just be careful about that and not just on social media, but in real life, be careful about what you share because people read that all too often as an invitation to discuss it. You know, if you're talking about these different lifestyle choices, putting it in people's faces, um, and sometimes it it is right in their faces, like, oh, we had another baby. <laughs> Here's the baby. <laughs> so, you know, I understand that you know, I'm not telling you that you need to hide your life from people, but be careful about what you're you're sharing and what you're laying out there. Um, one great thing to do is just completely focus your conversations over the holidays on other people. Turn it outward. Ask them about their lives, what choices they're making, what, you know, where they're going to school and what their goals are and whatever it is. Ask about what's going on in their lives. And people love to talk about themselves anyway. So give them the opportunity to do that. Distract them with their own lives. (laughs) You know, that's a great way to do that and to also kind of limit what you're sharing about what's going on in your life. Okay, the last tip I have for um, setting boundaries with family over the holidays is be willing to walk away, step away, literally, emotionally, figuratively, physically, walk away. If the conversation is going in a way that makes you uncomfortable, if your boundaries are not being respected, despite the fact that you have clearly and politely and respectfully stated them, be prepared to just remove yourself from that situation. It might mean leaving an event. Hopefully it won't mean something as dramatic as that, right? Um, Hopefully they won't push it that far, but it might mean that. Um, decide if it's important enough to you to do that. But I mean, you know, oftentimes it can just mean going for a walk. Say you're at um, Thanksgiving dinner and all of a sudden you feel grilled about something you're not comfortable with and it won't stop. It's okay. And it might be a little bit socially uncomfortable to just announce, I'm just going to, I'm heading outside for a minute. (laughs) And it can really be good and it can kind of break up the conversation and it can kind of be a big signal to the people who might be overstepping the boundaries that, oh, this is not something that we should be talking about right now. And it doesn't have to be in a like stick it to them, I'm out of here, slam the door kind of way. It can just be just quietly removing yourself from the conversation. I received this um, treatment not too long ago with a coworker who over um, a dinner we were talking about we were talking about farm animals, okay? This is crazy, but this is a great example because I was on the receiving end of this and I took it very well because the person didn't do it in a bad way. Um, and we were talking about farm animals, raising farm animals, and um, there was somebody at the table who had, you know, raised some chickens and 
if you know me, you know I love chickens and we've raised chickens and um, they started asking if we'd ever raised meat birds and then I was sharing my experience with that. I am very comfortable talking about raising animals for meat <laughs> because uh, we've done it. And to me, it's a normal part of life. But some people have real sensitivities to that. And one of my coworkers just kind of got up from the table kind of abruptly in the middle of that conversation was like, I'm just going to the restroom. And it was obvious, like she didn't like that conversation and didn't want to be present for it. But she didn't do it in a rude way. And she did it in a way that kind of reminded me, oh, hey, these are these are probably not conversations that everybody wants to hear, especially at the dinner table. <laughs> anyway, um, it was it was good. And it was a good little lesson for me. Like, that's how you can handle it. I wasn't offended by that. And for sure, I wasn't going to try to push that conversation further, you know, and involve that person in any way. She wasn't comfortable with it. And we all kind of have our limits that way. And if you take responsibility for what your own limits are, even, you know, taking it to the extent like I'm going to physically remove myself from this situation if I'm continue to not be comfortable with it. That's great. And it's actually not offensive at all. And it's a great way to teach other people like these are sensitive topics. You know, maybe they have no idea. Who knows? Maybe they were raised by barbarians and they have no idea that some of these topics are sensitive or could be sensitive for some people. They may have no idea that you're taking it personally and you're feeling personally challenged in a way that's very uncomfortable for you. And if you continue to, you know, express that to them and they continue to press on in ways that make you uncomfortable, you absolutely have every right to just politely remove yourself. Just walk away. Go talk to somebody else. Go for a walk go to the restroom, whatever it is you need to do. Um, and, you know, ultimately, the most extreme of circumstances would be if somebody continues to not respect your boundaries, then you just aren't going to get together with that person anymore. And that's sad, especially if it's family. Um, but I mean, really, I think it goes to the outer limits of, you know, expectations of one another, that if somebody is absolutely adamant about not respecting what your personal boundaries are with regard to what you'll talk about, what you'll discuss, what opinions of theirs you're inviting, all of that, um, then, you know, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable, even if they're family, to decide, you know, we just can't spend time with that person. I know we've talked about this on the show before where somebody wrote in about their um, mother-in-law making disparaging comments about how many children they had. I think they were expecting their fourth or something. And, you know, this uh, this woman who wrote into me about the, having this conflict with her mother-in-law just really wanted her kids to have a good relationship with their grandmother and spend time with her. And um, that's what I encouraged her to do was kind of focus on that, that I really want us to have a good relationship. And if you're going to be attacking us in these personal ways, that can't happen. And, you know, once you're clear about that, once you've made that clear to the other person and if they persist, I mean, I think then we're talking about some, you know, the the boundaries of, of mental health at that point. And it's OK to decide I'm not going to be spending time with that person anymore. And that's not something you would choose. And you can be clear about that with the other person, that it's what they're choosing with their own behavior. So recognize that, that you are allowed to kind of set those boundaries and then you're allowed to enforce those boundaries once you've thought them through and prayed about them and decided what they should be and clearly and fairly communicated them. That's it. You are responsible. Ultimately, you are teaching other people through all of these things that we've just talked about here, how to treat you, how it's okay to treat you, what you will and will not accept. And um, a lot of this, a lot of times when we struggle with setting boundaries, it's because we ourselves are not grown up enough. We can't handle it. We can't handle the stress of the conflict. And I totally get it. But recognize that responsibility lies with you. 
communicating clearly about what your boundaries are, thinking them through carefully and prayerfully and being reasonable about them, then being direct and fair about them, and then being willing to follow through. Well, maybe you have an idea of how to handle boundaries that I didn't talk about here. Maybe you have a unique situation and you don't know how to handle it. I would love to hear from you on this topic and others. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is always in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. Connect with me on social media or do my absolute most favorite thing, record a voicemail and email it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to hear from you and I would love to include your feedback, your ideas, your questions on a future episode of Girlfriends. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after this short break. If you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash ascension presents. That's youtube.com slash ascension presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Welcome back. Now I'm going to share a little bit of listener feedback. I got this question from listener Kelsey, who emailed me a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just now getting around to it. Sorry, Kelsey. Um, Kelsey says, Dear Danielle, thank you so much for your podcast. It feels like a breath of fresh air every week, and I eagerly look forward to each new episode. I have a question for you about cell phones. When do you allow your kids to have them, and what are your rules? My daughter is 12 and already all of her friends and classmates seem to have cell phones. I feel like a bad mom not letting her, but I don't want to spend the money. And I'm also just not ready for her to become a cell phone kid. What do you think, Kelsey? Wow, Kelsey, this is an important topic. And it's one that I hear about all the time from parents that we feel this pressure because, I mean, there are like, you know, second graders that have the latest iPhone in their pocket. I just, I don't even understand how these other families function. And I know, I actually know some moms whose kids are in that situation. And, um, you know, every family's different and every kid has different needs and every parent is going to make different decisions, what's best for them, what's best for their kid. Um, but I, the ones where I've been the most shocked at where it's at a young age, sometimes the explanation is something like the kid has a health issue and they just, they need access to a phone for their own health and safety and all of that. So we don't need to judge other people, but we do need to, as Kelsey wants to, make decisions for our own kids and for our own families. And I hear you, Kelsey, because, yeah, in a 12-year-old's classroom, every kid's going to have a phone. That's just how it is. It's just like that today. And that's really sad, actually. I think it's really sad um, that we feel like that's a necessity. And I understand the kind of pressure you're feeling. You're saying you feel like you're a bad mom. I, I mean, but I also can kind of read through the lines through what else you're saying that you know you have a right to set different um, standards for your child than the ones that her classmates' parents have decided is best for them. And yeah, so you asked about what we specifically do. Um, we do have set rules about when kids are allowed to use phones, where they're allowed to use phones. But that said, it is a battle. And I understand, like, you're saying, like, oh, I feel like the bad mom. And I feel that way sometimes, too. But you know what's so funny to me is um, when my kids have been on that verge of, you know, where they really, really want a cell phone and all their friends have a cell phone. And, yeah, it's, it, it can happen as early as 12. It can happen before that. Uh, for my kids, it's happened a little later because we homeschool before they get to that point. But really, at the point where they're in school, um, they're really feeling that. And when they're participating in sports. And sometimes you just got to be that parent. 
and uh, much to your child's dismay, you got to be that parent that's going to say, you know what, you're not going to be the kid with a cell phone right now. You're not ready for it. And you know your kid better than anybody. And honestly, um, we have a priest friend who is always posting on Facebook this kind of PSA announcement to parents like, do not give your child a smartphone because, you know, he's hearing these kids' confessions and hearing how much um, struggle there is among young people with pornography. Recognize what you're giving your kid if you give them a cell phone with a browser on it. Just hand them that. Um, You're giving them access to things that they are not prepared to handle for the most part. You know, when it comes to these major things, you know, allow them to fit in 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 ways that aren't going to be a danger to their souls. Allow them to fit in by, you know, getting that that jacket or, you know, that pair of sneakers or whatever that everybody else is wearing or whatever it is, but not in ways that are going to compromise your values. Our values aren't always going to look like the world's values. The world is different. There are these these things that quote unquote everybody does, right? Everybody's doing it. Everybody has it. Everybody, whatever it is, fill in the blank that we aren't going to do. And I can tell you from being raised in a family like that, I always felt like, oh, I'm the only one. I'm not allowed to go to the dance. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed. And I always felt this kind of pressure among my peers. Like I wanted to fit in. I wanted to just be doing everything they're doing. I didn't want to be the Catholic weirdo. And I understand that. And I'm sympathetic sympathetic to that. But at the same time, I can tell you that as I grew, especially, I appreciated that family identity. I appreciated our values. So they can come around and they might fight you tooth and nail, but just know that it is your job. It is your job to set those kinds of limits, to set those kinds of rules for your kids. And then once you do, if you do decide at whatever age you decide to give your child a cell phone, give your child access to a cell phone, then know that you can set limits on it that you can have parental controls on it. You can make it so there isn't a browser on it at all. You can make it so um, different levels of apps aren't accessible, that you can control what, you know, what rating of TV shows or movies they might have access to on there, what parts of YouTube you don't want them having access to. All of that is 100% within your control. If you don't know how to do it, bring it to a young person in your life and say, show me how to do this or help me to set these limits on this phone. Um, And then that said, as helpful as those parental controls are, they don't work perfectly. They don't. And your child's going to, if they want to, find a way around them. They're going to use a friend's phone. Um, Just be aware of that. I mean, it's hard sometimes to not live in fear, you know, living in the culture that we do live in and just surrounded by, you know, immediate access to things like pornography. And and not just that, but violence and other things that they have access to or cyberbullying on these cell phones. And it can be easy to kind of spiral into that feeling of fear, but put your trust in God. He made you the parent of that child. And he did that for a good reason, because you are the best person to be that child's parent. You are the best mom for that kid. So that's my parenting philosophy, and I'm just sharing it in case it's helpful to anybody. But if you have a different way that you handle cell phone use or how do you set limits on cell phone use for your kids, what are your rules for where they're allowed to use them, how they're allowed to use them, when they are allowed to have them. I'd love to hear your feedback. And I'm sure Kelsey would too, because she's going through this with her daughter right now. 
You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You know I always love to hear from you, and I'd love to include your voice. Yes, send me a voicemail. You can record it on your phone, super easy, and um, give me your feedback about this show. Maybe send me a question the way that Kelsey did, and you can always just email that to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You know I love to hear from you. And that's all we have time for today, but I want to thank you for spending this time with me. I want to thank you for all the ways you support the podcast. Thank you to those of you who've left me iTunes reviews. It's so helpful in getting the word out about the podcast. And like I said, our community here at Girlfriends is growing, and you are an important part of it. Even if all you ever do is listen, you are an important part of why I'm sharing in this way here at Girlfriends, and you are an important part of our community. And I pray for you every week. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of the Girlfriends community. And thank you for all the ways you encourage and support me every week. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 